These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. I'm Jesse. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 305 on Now You Know. We're brought to you by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. And there you'll find some really cool perks. We're sponsored by bigbattery.com. If you've got things you need to power, Big Battery has the batteries to power them. Head over to their website, bigbattery.com, and use the code now you know at checkout to get yourself 10% off. All right, so it turns out that Elon doesn't want to buy Twitter anymore. What? Elon Musk's legal team sent a letter to Twitter, which was also filed with the SEC. Quote, Mr. Musk is terminating the merger agreement because Twitter is in material breach of multiple provisions of that agreement. Appears to have made false and misleading representations upon which Mr. Musk relied when entering into the merger agreement and is likely to suffer a company material adverse effect as that term is defined in the merger agreement. So according to this letter, this isn't just because Elon had some change of heart and no longer wants to buy Twitter. Um, It's because, according to this letter, Twitter did a bunch of things wrong. So here's some quotes here. Sometimes Twitter has ignored Mr. Musk's requests. Sometimes it has rejected them for reasons that appear to be unjustified. And sometimes it has claimed to comply while giving Mr. Musk incomplete or unusable information. Twitter has not provided information that Mr. Musk has requested for nearly two months, notwithstanding his repeated detailed clarifications intended to simplify Twitter's identification, collection, and disclosure of the most relevant information sought in Mr. Musk's original requests. Now, if you read between the lines and you've been paying attention to what's been going on with this story so far, um, Elon um, basically entered into this agreement. Then he went, um, hey, I think that a lot of the users on this on this platform are bots and a lot of them are scammers. And I wanted I want Twitter. I want you to tell me, you know, how many people on Twitter are real people because there's, you know, some millions of people on Twitter. If it turns out that half of them were bots, obviously Twitter is going to be less valuable. If you really think about it for two seconds, it's obvious that Elon knew this before going into the merger agreement, which has 
maybe some legal implications. I have no idea. But of course, Twitter has denied that Elon can even do this. Brett Taylor, Twitter's CTO, tweeted, the Twitter board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. We are confident we will prevail in the Delaware Court of Chancery. So basically, they're threatening to sue Elon if he backs out of the deal, which he already did. Um, and many people are saying that Elon could be sued for $44 billion. Uh, it seems more likely that he would only be sued for $1 billion, as that was the breakup fee as part of the agreement that they uh, went into with the merger agreement. I'll be honest, because I'm not a lawyer. I have no idea what exactly which courts can do what to who and under which jurisdictions and can strike what from which. I'm sure that this is going to be an ongoing story in the couple weeks, months, and perhaps years. Um, nothing like a long, drawn-out legal battle to get the blood pumping in the morning. I will say this, though. Elon has picked a separate, although uh, relevant fight with trial lawyers. If you've seen his interview with Tesla owner Silicon Valley, um, I'll put a link to their video where he talks about it with a timestamp. But if you hear, you know, expert lawyers who say that he's going to lose, there is a chance that they simply don't like him because he has come out against trial lawyers and lawyers in general to a certain degree. So it's something to think about. We'll see where this goes. I'm not going to speculate on this for now because I am not a lawyer and, uh, I'm going to probably get it wrong. Um, we are going to get into some more Elon news in Tweets of the Week, so stick around for that. A document released by the White House Briefing Room on June 28th entitled Fact Sheet. Biden-Harris administration catalyzes more than $700 million in private sector commitments to make EV charging more affordable and accessible. In this fact sheet, the White House writes, Tesla is making investments at its Gigafactory in Buffalo, New York, to support the development of new fast charging stations to add to its fast charging network. More than 1,600 employees working at Giga New York, producing the Tesla solar roof and supercharger stations, which are capable of charging vehicles up to 250 kilowatts. Tesla is expanding production capacity of power electronic components that convert alternating current to direct current, charging cabinets, ports, and cables. Later this year, Tesla will begin production of new supercharger equipment that will enable non-Tesla EV drivers in North America to use Tesla superchargers. Now, Elon has said before that Tesla would be adding CCS connectors to superchargers. He's previously said, and we've reported on it, it's a little trickier in the U.S. because we have a different connector than the rest of the industry, but we will be adding the rest of the industry connector as an option to superchargers in the U.S. So the question is, what is Tesla getting out of this deal? And what will it look like? Now, we've already covered how many European non-Tesla EVs are not designed for shorter cables and are forced to block stalls if they want to charge at a supercharger. And this would be the case with many of the same non-Tesla EVs in the U.S. Now, this could be solved in a number of ways, including a longer CCS cord, um, a big, long adapter that you'd plug into a Tesla supercharger and then plug into your car, spacing the CCS stalls further out to allow for this. But why is Tesla doing this? Well, we haven't heard any specifics and Tesla is still running their pilot program in Europe. Yes, it is a pilot program. They did not just open their network. And my guess is that any and all problems, such as EV drivers not abiding by the clear rules of the program, if you read here, you shouldn't be blocking stalls unnecessarily, something that we've actually seen a lot of. My guess is that any problems will help inform a cost that can be presented to governments and say, here, this is what happens when we opened our network. Would you like us to keep it open? 
we will need this much money to retrofit and upgrade all of these areas which are clogged with EVs that block our stations. And uh, I, I think that this is a really nice bargaining chip to have. You know, it's kind of like, uh, oh, you like this beautiful charging infrastructure? Yeah, it's nice. Be such a shame if all these folks who grown to rely on it in our pilot program suddenly lost access. But you know what? There is something you can do for me. You know that $5 billion infrastructure bill? All we need is some extra money to put a few extra stalls in for the added capacity. Everybody's happy. But I really do think that it is a win-win for everybody. Tesla's proven that they can make a really reliable, great network. If all they have to do is retrofit a few stalls, and if they're getting extra money to help pay for that retrofit and expansion, I think that everyone's going to be happy to have places to charge their EVs. Um, and governments are going to be happy because this is a really easy solution. Hey, Tesla, you know what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Here's some money to help you with that. I don't know. Let me know what you think down in the comments below. So last Thursday, Elon tweeted, maybe Tesla should make a highly configurable robo-van for people in cargo. Tesla owner Silicon Valley said, definitely need something bigger than the X. Is this possible? And Elon replied, the winky face. Now, I don't think this van is going to be the down by the river variety. And living in a van down by the river. Because Elon said that it would be a robo-van. Thank you for your cooperation. So this likely means uh, that he's talking about a fully autonomous robo van. So Elon responded to one of the hundreds of CGI mockups that people tweeted at him. And Elon said, not bad. It's high time that the future looked like the future. Same goes for fashion. Take that, fashionistas. Pay attention. Now, I wonder what company would want a higher capacity, fully electric, autonomous vehicle? Well, a lot of them. But I think that the boring company could get a lot of use out of them. And I don't think that I'm the only one thinking this because Owen Sparks asked Elon on Twitter, how long until Tesla's in the Las Vegas boring tunnels are going to use full self-driving? And Elon responded, maybe later this year. And I mean, this makes sense. Uh, I, I think that most people agree that there doesn't seem to be too many reasons why this shouldn't be able to work. It's basically the most simple autopilot followed by a modified smart summon, you know, to park and let people in and out. I would just like to put this out there, though. If we're going to be putting people below ground in Las Vegas in autonomous vehicles, can we please, please get an Ocean's Eleven themed dark ride? Kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, only with Ocean's Eleven. Please, please. I mean, you could even have the cars, you know, zoom off. Just an idea, you know, underneath the Bellagio as you're pulling up, even if it was just one little section. I think that that would be, you know, that's fun, right? Just an idea, but please do, let's make this happen. And hey, if you like this idea too, hit the like button. Um, even if you hate the idea, hit the like button. Please hit the like button. It's the only way that the, like, the YouTube algorithm works these days is it's like, oh, how many people like the video? Well, I guess I'll share it to more people. I'd really appreciate it. Just hit that like button, it takes two seconds. Thanks. So remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how Giga Shanghai had been shut down due to COVID policy in China. And Tesla used that as an opportunity to upgrade the factory and their production numbers have skyrocketed since then. Well, according to German publication Build, Tesla will similarly be shutting down production at Giga Berlin to upgrade it. According to Build Information, Tesla therefore wants to interrupt operations for two weeks, starting next Monday. It's unclear how many of the 4,500 employees will be sent on vacation and how many technicians will remain to convert production. According to employees, after the break in production, work should be carried out in three shifts instead of two. In addition, Tesla could then start manufacturing the drive in a neighboring hall. They mean drive units. I think that this is great news. Uh, planned upgrades like this across most of Tesla's factories usually result in much higher production numbers after the upgrades. 
Um, and I think that this obviously will be no exception. Also interesting that they're adding a third shift. Uh, this could help improve production numbers as well. But let's go to Zach to talk a little bit more about production numbers. Thanks, Jesse. I'm here in Marbella, Spain again. I should be home next week. But as we reported last week, the Tesla delivery numbers were down for the first time in eight quarters. And as you so aptly pointed out, Jesse, it was because Giga Shanghai had weeks of shutdown and limited production due to COVID. Tesla reported that June of 2022 was the highest vehicle production month in Tesla's history. So this is what we should be focused on. This is the sign of good things to come from Tesla. Tesla is guiding for roughly 50% year-over-year production increases, and if our estimates turn out to be right and Tesla can produce 1.5 million cars this year globally, then look where Tesla is going to Mars. Tesla didn't give us an actual number for June, but if it's 120,000 cars like we estimate, then we're talking at least 360,000 cars for Q3, and we're back to record-breaking territory. So don't take your eyes off the prize, people. The future is exciting. All right, thanks, Zach. For a while now, Tesla owners who paid for full self-driving had this feature, green light chime. This optional feature plays a soft ding when the light you're sitting at turns green. It's a great feature in my opinion. Sometimes I'm looking to see if I can make a legal right-hand turn on red, and I'm not even looking at the light because I'm looking at traffic, and this ding is great. Helps me get me on my way instead of frustrating the person behind me where they're like, go, it's green! Well, Tesla's going to be adding this feature to all of its cars now. There is a slight caveat that appears that your car needs the uh, hardware version three computer in it. So some Teslas with the 2.5 computers won't have access uh, unless they paid for full self-driving and then got that upgrade but a large number of people will be getting this great feature. If you've had it come in clutch for you, please let us know in the comments below. And Tesla has appeared to have added another Starlink terminal to a supercharger station in Lexington, Kentucky. This is only the second one spotted in the wilds. The other one is in Lake City in Northern Florida. These superchargers offer free Wi-Fi, allowing for faster speeds for people watching videos in their car or other browsing amenities. It's super cool to see this synergy between these two companies, but I think it points to a completely untapped gold mine for businesses close to charging stations. And we've talked about this before. You essentially have a captive market of weary travelers looking for a bathroom, a snack, perhaps something fun to do for a few minutes while charging. It's great that Tesla allows you to sit back and watch something, but many businesses neighboring supercharging locations are missing this opportunity. Simple stuff like signage, advertising bathrooms or hours, along with directions, can go a long way, and this comes from experience as a supercharger user. Also, including amenities like trash cans, picnic tables, or my favorite, squeegees. Just put a little placard on whatever it is saying, you know, proudly presented to you by Joe's Restaurant, will have an uptick in customers. I'm just saying. Hey, Jess, so you remember last week, I was reporting on one of Rivian's new fast CCS charging stations in Colorado. I said it was great to see Rivian finally starting to deploy fast charging at three locations. I doubted that they would meet their 600 charging locations by 2023 goal. Well, it looks like I might be right. Rivian has now pulled the target date of 2023 from their website. Even though they just reiterated the goal in a tweet a couple weeks ago, it is now missing from the website. So it's a shame that the only thing really holding Rivian back, in my opinion, is a decent fast charging network. And it's a shame that Rivian seems to be pulling back on their targets. If Rivian could have this proposed charging network in place next year, it would really help cement them as a real electric vehicle company, in my opinion. Comment below when you think Rivian will actually make their goal of having 600 fast charging locations and 3,500 stalls. 
What do you think, Jesse? I think Rivian is finding out how easy Tesla makes it look to find good charging locations and install high power infrastructure. I think this is a lot like Rivian's production ramp. It's hard and it takes longer than you think, even with all those Tesla employees that they've poached. Also, Rivian has to start actually making money on each truck they sell or it won't matter how many chargers they build. But of course, there are more people in line for the Tesla Cybertruck than I think will ever buy a Rivian. And uh, those people are very, very patient because it has been a while. It's been a while. And uh, sometimes you want to know, like, what's going on? The best place to go is Cybertruck Owners Club. Their website is specifically designed for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners, and they help sponsor this show. So head on over there. It doesn't cost you anything. All right, so I know what you're thinking, Jesse, uh, that I came to Spain, and it's all been relaxing on the beach, sitting by the pool, uh, but it has been a lot of work, too. Uh, this trip has been so much fun for me, but I have also done some work. Our friends at Eli Electric Vehicles were kind enough to get me a pre-production model of their neighborhood electric vehicle, the Eli Zero. Check this out. It was so much fun. The Zero seats two really comfortably in these vegan leather seats, has power-assisted brakes and steering, a 5.8 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery for a range of 50 miles. That's in the standard version. You can actually get more in the plus version, up to 70 miles. Has an opening sunroof, really powerful, air conditioning, we were able to get cool within seconds on a hot day, and that's pretty astounding, especially with all the glass in this car. Uh, look at these doors. They have a push button to open just like a Model 3 does, and the glass, both on the top and the bottom of the door, is so nice. It makes visibility incredible inside the cabin. So being an NEV, its top speed is limited to 25 miles an hour, but that's really all you need driving around in urban areas, in my opinion. Now, for you golfers, the Zero even has golf or eco mode with regen braking, so you can drive right onto the golf course. There's an onboard charger, so you can charge off a household plug in five hours or two and a half hours using level two. This thing turns on a dime. It has just a 23 foot turning circle and it turns many heads too. Many people have said it looks like it's from the future and I think Eli really nailed the design. It's so futuristic, cute and fun all at the same time. And just a disclaimer here, Jesse and I have been so impressed with the founder and CEO, Marcus Lee and his team, that we are investors in Eli. Now I heard from Marcus that their recent equity funding round is almost closed, but I think there still may be some time to invest if you're interested. So we're gonna put the link to Eli's investment page down below in the description. If you wanna learn more about the business side of this EV company, make sure to check out the two interviews that we've had with Marcus on our Disruptive Investing channel. We'll put the links down below as well. And consider joining our Now You Know Investor Club. We've had Marcus Lee along with tons of other CEOs on live stream calls with our members so that they can talk directly with these disruptive companies' executives. I had a blast driving around in the Zero. It is such an efficient, quiet, and comfortable mode of transportation. I have a really good feeling about the Zero. And Jesse, I know you're probably a little bit jealous, but it sounds like uh, production is going to be going way up next year. So hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on a real production model soon. And if that wasn't enough to show that it hasn't been all play on my vacation, I was fortunate enough to connect with Uli and Alexander from Aero Wheels. They sent us a set of these stunning Aero Razor wheels designed in Germany and Sweden. And not only are they gorgeous, but they are super efficient, which as you know, is super important for EV drivers. Now check this out. This design slices through the air with 9.9% less drag, which means they move 30% less air as the car is moving. What do all these numbers mean to you? Well, at highway speeds, you can get between two and 7% more range 
using these wheels. They're forged in Italy and they really make the Tesla pop. I mean, not only do they hide the lug nuts and all that, but I didn't get this at first until it was pointed out. Take a look at a Tesla and I bet you haven't really seen these design lines before, these knife profiles. You can see them here, here, and here. Well, these aero wheels pick up on that design element like no other wheels I've seen. Now, we talked to Uli and Alexander at Aero Wheels and I kind of cajoled them into offering Now You Know viewers a special discount. So if you're looking for a new set of wheels that are unique and are really gonna stand out, check out the link in the description below. In Europe, you can use the code NOWYOUKNOW10 at checkout to get 10% off. And in the US, you can use the code NOWYOUKNOW to get free shipping. That's a $250 value. But yeah, Jesse, check out these wheels, they look so awesome. And not only that, but they're super quiet and they turn a lot of heads. So remember a little over a year ago, we interviewed that company Polar Night Energy. Um, they're that really awesome team that we met, Tommy, Marku, and Lisa out of Finland, who are making energy storage out of sand, just sand. Well, last week they completed their first commercial scale heat battery. This eight megawatt hour battery turns excess solar and wind electrical power into hot air. It then blows that hot air through pipes which are in a bunch of sand and the sand heats up and is well insulated and that heat can be stored for months until say the winter when you might need it. Then the heat is sucked from the sand using the same air pipes. The air is then blown through a heat exchanger and hot water is piped to buildings and homes to heat them. District heating, as we call it in the U.S., is common in many parts of Northern Europe and even some cities in the U.S. have district heating. Though usually it's achieved by burning stuff, not by storing solar energy that you can collect in the summer. I just want to say congratulations to the team at Polar Night Energy for completing your first commercial project. The cool part is this is nothing in terms of the scale that can be achieved. They can bury their sand batteries and store some ridiculous amounts of energy. I'm really excited to see what they're going to get up to next. By the way, if you want to learn more, you can head over to our Disruptive Investing channel where you can watch our entire interview with them. Um, we also did an in-depth about it. So we'll put those links uh, down in the show notes below. And of course, you can find them on the channel. Now, as an advocate for sustainable energy, I seem to constantly run into people who think that they know better than everyone. You can't replace power stations with renewables. You need baseload power. Solar panels are toxic. Wind turbines give you cancer. And of course, it takes more energy to make a solar panel than it'll ever make in its lifetime. And I'll be honest, it's hard to argue with pure stupidity on short notice because you're almost never prepared for it. It's never like an office debate that you know is going to be Friday afternoon. It's always like Tuesday at 9 a.m. when you're running late for a meeting and somebody's manager comes over to you at the coffee machine and they go, you know, I heard Teslas are uh, blowing up. And those Starlink machines are going to fall out of the sky and start attacking people. So that's why it's nice when studies like these come out. Maxion Solar Technologies, a Singapore-based solar manufacturer, contracted a third-party study to be conducted on their Maxion 3 solar panel. The third party concluded that their solar panel would produce over 100 times the energy required to make the panel over the course of the panel's useful life. To put it another way, it would pay itself back in terms of energy within 7 to 23 weeks. Now, the Maxion 3 is an impressive 400 watt panel, but it's not some fancy panel that's going to be used on the space station. This is going to be going on people's homes. And the study proves that even less powerful panels will easily produce their manufacturing cost and energy many 
many times over. So the next time old Harvey saunters over to your desk to break some three-week-old news story with you, you can simply email him the link to this story, which we've made into a little clip over on the Now You Know Clips channel. That's a channel that we have where you can take stories from the news and send them as little bite-sized clips so that way you don't have to share a full one-hour video because you know as well as I do that old Harvey's not going to be able to navigate a one-hour-long video to find the point that you were talking about. And let's head back over to Zach. All right, so as you know, Jesse, I've been hanging out here in Spain for the past couple of weeks on vacation. Uh, I've been talking with folks about their EV experiences, and something has come up over and over again. Many Europeans, similar to Americans, go for long road trips during the summer. Swedes traveling to Spain, Germans traveling to the French Riviera, and those that type in their routes into the Tesla nav system are finding that they would have saved hours, yes, sometimes literally hours of driving time, when they use a better route planner instead. So here on Tesla Time News, you know that we love a better route planner. We met with the founder and brains behind the operation, Bo, years ago. We interviewed him and then went on a Euro road trip with him. And I got to see firsthand why this software is so amazing. Bo understands every aspect of EV driving and charging. His software does things that no other software does. So for instance, if you're going from say, Stockholm to Strasbourg, Tesla will say, charge here, here, and here. But a better route planner checks which charging locations are full on your trip and will suggest better supercharger stops and tell you when to leave to maximize your charge and minimize the amount of time for your trip. This is just one reason why a better route planner is the better app for you and why we love a better route planner who, by the way, helps sponsor the show. So if you drive an EV, you owe it to yourself to check out a better route planner the EV trip planning app that offers so many cool features like waypoints. Use our link in the show notes below to get a 30-day free trial to a Better Route Planner premium app. Some of the cool features with the premium app include charger availability, the ability to have all of your vehicles in one account, live weather data for planning, real-time traffic data for extra accuracy, and here's one thing that only Tesla and a Better Route Planner has, charging notifications. Get notified when the charging is almost complete on your car. Plan your next EV trip with abetterrouteplanner.com. Over 70 million trips have been planned with a better route planner. All right, it's time for Into the Future, which is sponsored by Henson Shaving. Why does Henson Shaving cover Into the Future? Because it really, really feels like Henson Shaving products are from the future. Uh, these shavers, by the way, are a miracle that we have them at all. Uh, these are precision machined on machines that are usually reserved for making f***ing satellites. You might be saying, well, isn't that overkill? It is overkill, but it's A, and cool. And second of all, they know precision over at Henson Shaving because a lot of the people who designed and, and make this razor also make like high precision satellite parts. And so when they designed and produced this, they designed and produced it so that way it is the best f***ing razor I've ever used. And we've got a great deal for you. If you use the code now, you know, at checkout, they will send you a box of 100 razor blades that you could put in this thing. That will last you a while. Still haven't used up mine. Thank you, Henson Shaving. So we've covered this company before. Electric Brands is an EV startup, which started off showing us the eBussy, later changed the name to XBus. It is a very tiny EV van concept. And the latest concept that they're showing off is their camper variant. The camper apparently starts at just under $36,000. Um, although that's with a 10 kilowatt hour battery for a claimed range of 200 kilometers. 
seems a little bit on the rosy side. You can get an upgraded battery of 30 kilowatt hours uh, for more money. You can also get an off-road version of the camper, which is the version that we're seeing here for, again, some more money. Although, don't get too excited, there are currently no announced plans for actually producing one of these to sell to you. But I do think that it is very cute. I think it's a great concept. Um, what do you think? Do you think that this could be for you, even with uh, the 200 kilometer range? Do you think that it's going to cost less than 40 grand? And do you think that you will ever be able to buy one? Let us know what you think in the comments below. All right, it's time for Going Green, sponsored by EcoWare. And you know you can head over to EcoWare and check out the dozens and dozens of cool Tesla, SpaceX, Boring Company designs. So many products from t-shirts to hats to mugs to phone cases to pet apparel. We carbon offset your entire purchase from the production, shipping, life cycle, and we plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation. And this makes your purchase carbon negative. So start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. So this is a great story to demonstrate that change often happens faster than you think. In 2014, just eight short years ago, the annual Driving Away from Fossil Fuels report came out, which surveyed car buyers in the UK. The survey asked, among other things, if buyers would consider an electric car even if it was at price parity with fossil fuel-powered vehicles. Guess how many UK buyers said yes? No, no guess, Jesse. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know we were actually handing the show back and forth. Ah, uh, uh, how many UK car buyers? I don't know, like uh, 30%? Less than 1% in 2014 said they would consider buying an EV even with price parity. Fast forward eight years to today, the latest report came out asking the same question, and get this, 100% of UK drivers said they would now consider driving an electric vehicle. But was this like a survey of like 10 people? Nope. 2,000 new car buyers were surveyed. And get this, 81% of those surveyed said that they have some form of off-street charging available for a new EV. I like this quote from MP Stephen Metcalf. I'm delighted to have worked with the Fair Charge campaign in publishing this report today. The findings are striking and indicate that we are at risk of missing a golden opportunity to go greener faster and realize in full the benefits of electrification of road transport. We will be presenting these findings to my colleagues in Parliament today, and I hope that they will join myself and the 80,000 Fair Charge campaign supporters to push the government to ensure we seize this moment. Yeah, Fair Charge is lobbying for the UK government to abolish the VAT differential between public EV charging, which is a 20% rate, and home charging, which is a 5% rate, to ensure that those without off-street charging aren't left behind and are pushing the government to ensure local authorities are better resourced to implement plans to improve charging infrastructure. So if you live in the UK, join the movement, add your voice so that we can get this passed in the UK. All right, it's time for sunspots. So at the IDEEN Expo in Hanover, Germany last week, Tesla was there showing off the Model Y and the 4680 structural battery pack. That was kind of expected. Tesla was also showing off this, a trailer with extendable solar panels and, wait for it, Starlink. It appears that the purpose of this solar trailer would be to give an EV extra range. So let's do some math. Assuming those are about 300 watt solar panels, that would be about 1.8 kilowatts of solar. And assuming you left it out in the Spanish sun here for 10 hours, that would be 18 kilowatt hours of charge or about a quarter of a Model Y or Model 3 battery. That's not bad. About 75 miles of charge per day. And while you're charging, you'd have Starlink bringing in high-speed internet. So Jesse, do you think Tesla is going to make this a real product? And if so, do you think customers would be interested? 
I mean, as much as I love this concept, I just don't think that Tesla is going to actually mass produce it, um, which is like a golden opportunity for you entrepreneurs out there. I do think the customers would be interested, but I, again, I think that they're going to be more interested in like the Cybertruck first. And you know, I'm not sure what I'd be willing to pay for this trailer yet. I'd really love to see your thoughts in the comments below. And you know, since I'm in sunny Spain, let's do another solar story. Let's go to the US where for the first time ever, solar plus wind has beat nuclear energy. That's right, according to the EIA, the Energy Information Agency, in April, wind plus solar made almost 30% of total electrical generation in the US. Now, I hear what some of you are saying. Well, you just cherry pick some data. Uh, that must have been an unusually windy and sunny month. Well, not really. Let's look at January through April this year. Clean energy accounted for more than 25% of electricity in the US. Rooftop solar grew almost 29% year over year, and wind grew by over 24%. And so for the first time ever, wind and solar produced almost 18% more electricity in the month of April than all the nuclear power plants running in the country. As Sunday Campaign's executive director, Ken Bossong said, Notwithstanding headwinds such as the COVID pandemic, grid access problems, and disruptions in global supply chains, solar and wind remain on a roll. Moreover, by surpassing nuclear power by ever greater margins, they illustrate the foolishness of trying to revive the soon-to-retire Diablo Canyon nuclear plant in California and the just-retired Palisades reactor in Michigan, rather than focusing on accelerating renewables growth. And for those of you watching in Scandinavia, the house that I'm staying at here in Marbella, Spain, may look familiar. That is because this is Casa Castle, a famous house that was recently owned by YouTuber Jan Olsen. Now, one of the first things I said after I lifted my chin off the floor, because this house is stunningly beautiful, I asked why I saw practically no solar panels on any of the houses in Marbella, Spain. I mean, it's sunny like 320 days a year here, and in the summer, because of the latitude, there is strong sun for more than like 12 hours a day. Well, anyway, I shot this little video to share some exciting solar news. Hey, I'm here in Marbella, Spain at one of the most amazing houses I have ever visited. Now, if you remember our friend Eric from Svea Solar, I met him on our first trip to Europe. Do you remember that? Well, he's going to help me put solar on the roof of this house. Come check it out with me. All right, come on inside with me. just a few weeks, we're gonna have solar on this house. We're gonna have more updates in the weeks and months to come as Svea Solar installs solar 
on Casa Castle. I'm so excited to be working with them and to be sharing information on how our European viewers can go solar as well. So stay tuned. All right, now it's time for the video contributor story. And just a little reminder, we need your stories. Remember to send us stories two minutes or less, shoot them in landscape with good audio and no music, send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. This week, we've got our buddy Granton out of Australia. Granton, take it away. Hey, Zach and Jesse, I just wanted to show you my little backyard build. Here are my chooks, Rex and Drummy. And here is their solar powered chook house. Now, I had a little problem. We all know that early, the early bird catches the worm. So of course, our chooks want to be up at the crack of dawn every day out there searching for the best bugs. The problem is that I'm a shift worker. So getting up at sunrise to open the coop door was a real pain in the ass. So I took some bits and pieces, a lithium ion battery, Wi-Fi connected relay and a solenoid latch, and I made a door opener. As you can see, it's Google connected. And with the help of a routine, the door opens itself every day at sunup, making it for very happy chooks. The girls always keep us stocked with eggs and it's a great way to process food waste into good compost and mulch for all our gardens. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Now you know. Hey, I think you got a product there, my friend. Uh, chicken owners out there, let, let me know what you think. Is this something you want for your uh, coops? All right, it's time for the Patreon bonus stories. I've uh, got a couple this week. Um, got a very ranty one for the Patreon bonus stories. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a place where you can support creators like us. And for as little as a buck a month, you will get the Patreon bonus stories. Uh, we try and make it as good a deal as possible just because I love uh, having people over on Patreon. I love talking to you guys. And so I'll see you over there. All right, and we're back from the Patreon bonus stories, and it's time for the Patreon shoutouts. These are people who help support this channel for $5 or more every month, and we like to give them a thank you by giving them a shout-out here at this part of the show. This week, we've got Branny K, Arthur C. Dale, George Finch, Daniel Sherman, Borislav Borisov, Swim Off Wisconsin, Howard Giradat, Protogen2248, John Walford, Rene Proventure, Alejandro Soto, and Nicholas Greener. Thank you so much for supporting us. This show doesn't happen without you guys. And now it's time for the Patreon poll. And we asked, do you think that Tesla should open the supercharger network in the United States? And tried something new this week where I had like a yes and a no. And then you would select the reasons for it. And it looks like everyone figured it out. I'm I'm proud because I didn't think that I explained it perfectly and you guys all figured it out. Um, so most people think that Tesla should open the supercharger network. Um, and this it's because it will increase EV adoption. And I totally agree. And the reason that most people didn't want it is because that the network would become clogged and useless and that non-Teslas don't have uh, plugs in the right place and that it blocks chargers unnecessarily. A lot of people were suggesting longer cables for the uh, CCS charging cables. And I, and I agree. Um, so we'll have to see how it goes. But that is what our patrons think. Um, and now it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And uh, here's some... Uh, before we get into the tweets, here's some news. Um, according to Business Insider, Elon had twins with a Neuralink executive, Siobhan Zillis, back in November. The alleged court documents from April show that the children were to have their last names changed to Musk and their middle names changed to contain their mother's last name. 
Now, initially, I took this story with a big grain of salt, um, and that is because it's Business Insider and they hate Elon Musk. And secondly, because the court documents that um, they have in their article, kind of weird. Also, because in the court documents, um, the answer to we want to change the child's name because is we want to change the child's name to be, you know, to be the father's last name and the mother's last name incorporated in the middle name. It's not really a reason for a name change. It's just saying what you'd like again, which is what the whole form is. I'm not saying that they couldn't have done that. Um, it just was kind of weird to me. It's also kind of weird that they have this court document. It's not It's not public. It's not a thing that you can go down to a courthouse and, and inquire about. This was leaked. This was clearly uh, copied. I have a link posted down below um, of the alleged court documents in case you couldn't find them anywhere because they're behind Business Insider's paywall. Um, I don't really want to publish them out on the show just because I don't really feel that comfortable, but I'll do what Business Insider did except without the paywall. Um, I, I take it with a grain of salt, but it apparently could be true because Elon tweeted, doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. A collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. So this implies that the story was true. Um, sort of in response to this, Sarah Maskoff, CEO and co-founder of Winnie, which is a child care finding website, uh, had a tweet thread discussing the increasing difficulty in child care. She had tweeted out in this tweet thread a whole bunch of stuff. And then one of her tweets was, coincidentally, I saw Elon Musk making news about a population collapse. I believe that if we want to encourage big families, we have to make child care more accessible. Elon, I'd love to talk about how we make this a reality. And Elon says, agreed, this needs to be addressed. It's being implied that uh, he might be including childcare as part of uh, his companies. We'll see if that's true. That would be a nice uh, benefit to uh, his companies. It really would go along with what he's talking about, where it's like people need to feel motivated and feel like there's a future for you to have kids. Big, big surprise there. Pretty interesting turn of events. Uh, let's move on. Holmar's catalog said this is what a drone can do when being piloted by computer vision. Let's play a clip of that video. So, yeah, that's uh, both amazing and terrifying. Awesome is the correct term if applied literally. Elon said future wars are all about drones. Human crews of planes or tanks have no chance. One exception, purely analog human controlled vehicles is far more resilient to EMF weapons. And then his mom, May Musk, responded to him. He said, or we could have women presidents who don't want to go to war. They care about their children, which, first of all, slay. Um, second of all, um, they care about their children line, which, uh, you know, could be interpreted uh, in a particular way. Maybe his mom isn't too happy with him. Um, I don't know. Let's move on to community mail time. Community mail time. Uh, remember that you can share your stories, photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Morgan spotted a British Columbia ambulance supervisor car at the Vancouver airport. The driver told Morgan that he has an ID4 on order for his personal car, too. And a couple shots of a Rivian R1T spotted at the Burnaby Mountain Conservation Area parking lot. Morgan says, I guess they're making their way into Canada now. Thanks so much for all you do. Thank you, Morgan, for those pictures. Those are excellent. 
Our buddy Brody said, Hi, Zach and Jesse. Karen and I attended this year's rally to celebrate the sounds of silence in Custer, South Dakota. 60 Teslas of all ages and models were there. Plus, Custer, South Dakota has a fantastic charging infrastructure. Check it out on PlugShare. Every hotel has at least two chargers. The Chamber of Commerce has done a great job. Encountered a fantastic wrapped plaid, too. Wow, thank you so much, Brody. And we got sent this by Gary. He said, hi, Zach and Jesse. With regards to the picture of the Royal Mail Post van that we showed to you a couple weeks ago, um, here's ours. An ENV200 charging up before going out to fit some more chargers. Love the show. Best wishes from the UK. Thank you, Gary. And Noah sent us this video of him having issues at an Electrify America charger in Owings Mills, Maryland. Here's the problem with Electrify America. We have four stations eight chargers we've got network error charger unavailable nothing fortunately this one works Noah said, sorry for the video was shot in portrait because I only planned to share this with my brother. But after seeing Tesla Time News this week, I decided to send it to you. I had visited this Electrify America location earlier in the day and found only one station out of commission. I was surprised when I returned to find two more were down. I also thought it was notable that each station had its own unique problem. On another topic, I'd like to share that I spoke with someone at Ford Corporate who informed me that they are compiling a list of dealers who are attaching insane market adjustments to the prices of their Mach-E and F-150 lightning vehicles. It is the brand's desire that these vehicles should not be sold over MSRP. The employee stated that they are working on a way to put an end to this practice that is damaging to the brand and to EVs in general. I encourage your viewers to report any offending stealerships. Noah, thank you so much, Noah. It's very good information both for EA and Ford. All right, now it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's check them out. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Robert here. So I'm here in Saldotna, Alaska at the four stall B2 superchargers. So these four stalls are the first superchargers in Alaska and currently the only ones. It's in the far end of the parking lot of Whistle Hill Addy Camp. On top of the superchargers, you have a Tesla destination charger right here and on the left side of the Whistle Hill building right here, you have two more Tesla destination chargers. So this right here is Whistle Hill. It's a frames and things, gift shop type of thing, and attached to it is Brew at 602. It's a rail car that has been turned into a restaurant. Um, so they do coffee and breakfast items. Uh, so you can come here and eat breakfast in a pretty novel experience, sitting in a rail car type restaurant. Right across from it is another rail car type restaurant, Addy Camp. So this is a dinner restaurant. You can come in here, sit down in the rail car, eat dinner, and charge up on either your supercharger or the Tesla destination chargers. As well as shop for fresh greens. So yeah, uh, this may only be four stalls uh, and B2, but it is the first supercharger station installed in Alaska and currently the only one. There's even a plaque right here 
that shows uh, dedicated to it being the first Tesla supercharger in the state. Now there isn't much here, uh, but you have two restaurants that are kind of novel experiences and they're pretty good. Uh, on the fact with it being the first one in Alaska, I have to give it uh, eight out of 10. Now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse, this is Audrey and Kara at the Chestertown, New York um, Tesla station. There's six stalls and it got quite busy just recently, um, but that doesn't seem unexpected since we're literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, but uh, we are at a local Stewart's and you know, they are great in the New York area for accommodations for food and um, bathrooms. So. Um, I would rate this an 8 out of a 10. Um, and by the way, we've had a really fun time on these roads with the safety score as well. So we'll try and keep an eye on that. But yeah, pretty good. So now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Kevin from Illinois reporting on the newly opened 8-stall V3 supercharger location in Janesville, Wisconsin. This supercharger location is right across from Woodman's Markets. Woodman's is open 24 hours a day, so plenty of time to get your shopping done while you charge your Tesla. Also, there are businesses in the general area behind me, but everything seems to be a bit of a hike. The location is easily accessible from the I-39, I-90, Wisconsin 11 corridor. For that reason alone, and Woodman's being open 24 hours, I rate this supercharger location an eight out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, here we are in Webster, Texas. This is a 12 stall, looks like it's a version run. Uh, because my Model 3 is only pulling about 50 kilowatts. And uh, it's a really busy supercharger here in Web Webster, Texas, between Houston and Galveston, right off of NASA Road 1. And uh, uh, I give this maybe, here's an Academy Super Surplus. You can walk over to Rudy's Barbecue, which I did, got some uh, bluebell vanilla ice cream. So that's a plus. Anyway, in a good place, NASA Road 1 in Houston. And uh, that's the Webster, Texas uh, 12-stall supercharger. Six, maybe seven out of ten. Bye. Man, I love getting these supercharger reviews in. I love seeing different parts of the world that you can travel in in your Tesla. It's freaking awesome. And if you want to check out a map that has all of the supercharger reviews on it, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. Um, there's no ads on that website, by the way. We just wanted to have a website where we have supercharger reviews. So you can go check that out for free. And you can upload your own supercharger reviews over there. Remember to keep it in landscape and uh, do your best to get good audio. I know when it's windy, it's hard. And it's time for the new superchargers in the world. Remember last week I had um, like a 50 of them to read. This week it's a little more sane, so I'm not going to be hoarse after this show. Let's start off with the 20 stall in Redlands, West Stewart Avenue, California. The 12 stall in Chevy Chase, Maryland. The 12 stall in Breezewood at Lincoln Highway, Pennsylvania. The 3 stall at WM Hotel, Hong Kong. The 9 stall at One Pacific Center, Hong Kong. The three stall at the Fullerton Ocean Park Hotel in Hong Kong. The four stall in Takamatsu, Japan. The 12 stall in Bergdorf, Germany. 
The 28 stall at Metz Sud, France. The 20 stall in Kolding, Denmark. The 12 stall in Hasselset, Belgium. The 8 stall in Madras, Oregon. And the 16 stall in Selma, California. And now it's time for Patreon Comment of the Week. And Jamie writes in, they say, Hi guys, I'm an owner of a 2021 Model 3 Standard Range Plus and a Tesla Investor. I rent my vehicles on Turo and I no longer can since December of 2021 when I was finally approved for the full self-driving beta. I won't let anyone, including my team, use the car because I don't want an unexpected or irresponsible person getting me kicked off of the beta program. If I could turn off the feature with a four-digit code, like I can do with my glove box, I could then again offer it to others to help pay for it. Can you guys address this with your thoughts? Any suggestions? Thanks very much in advance. Okay, so you're right. I think that there is no way that you can lock disable it. Um, I know that you can go into the settings and basically shut it off. And, you know, you have to encounter some very savvy person on Turo who would, you know, be able to recognize that it would have it and then turn it on. Um, I suppose you might be able to write something into the contract that says, like, if we find out that you did it, um, you you'll have to pay me, you know, $50,000 or something like that. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that if you do get kicked off of the program, they generally after some period of time will let you back on. It's usually all at once. Like everyone, they're like, okay, with this update, everyone can be let back on. And if you are bad, then you're going to, you know, strikes out and, and you're no longer going to have it until the next update. Um, that has been my understanding. We've talked to a, a few individuals who um, have had the, the beta program, got kicked off of it and been let back on. It's because, you know, money is money. I totally understand. Um, you probably bought the car thinking that you were going to be able to Turo it the whole time. Um, so you could probably just go in there, shut off the full self-driving beta, um, and then hope that no one's going to go uh, tampering through your menus to shut it off. I know that that's not a, a super great solution, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world if you're kicked off the full self-driving beta program. Um, it's not like they can kick you off of full self-driving when it comes out, right? Um, you already paid for it. And when it's no longer beta, they will have to let you on. At least that's my understanding. Or at least if you got kicked off in the beta, they're probably not going to have already kicked you off for the full self-driving, which is probably why you bought it. Those are my thoughts. I know that it's definitely not a... Uh, Trexall box solution, but I think that, uh, you know, if you need to be making money with this car, then you should be making money with the car. And if you get kicked off the program, it'll probably be temporary and uh, it'll be easier to rent out during that period of time. But I agree. I think that a four digit code would be a very useful thing because, yeah, sometimes you have other family members that you might not necessarily trust, um, especially if you don't even think to shut it off and they, you know, go into what they think is going to be autopilot and then it takes a left turn. Um, that could be kind of uh, scary for them. All right, you made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for watching all the way to the end because, um, you know, pretty much every week I have to stick around to the end too. So I really appreciate you sticking around with me. Um, be sure to hit the like button if you haven't already. Uh, it does really help. I've, I've kind of done a little bit of, you know, looking through. If you like this channel, if you like this show, um, just give it a like. I know it's tacky and dumb, but that's YouTube for you. It's pretty tacky and dumb. Um, but it is the best platform for reaching the most number of people, which is what Zach and I really care about. Zach will be back next week. I, I'll be picking him up at the airport in uh, just a little bit here. Uh, had to <laughs> had to kind of rush to get the news done so that way I can go pick him up. I'm really appreciative of uh, these two weeks where uh, Zach got to go on vacation. It was kind of a little vacation for me as well. Um, 
And uh, I really appreciate all of you guys' support, especially the people um, who are scrolling by here. These people um, help support this show. You can join them. You can have your name at the end. You could have your name in big letters at the end. Um, for people who support us for uh, more than $5 a month, you get a bigger name in the end credits. Just a little, just a little hint for you guys out there who are thinking about it. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Now you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.